We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. <laughs> um. Oh, that was current <laughs> president Joe Biden and this twenty twenty. When was that? Do when was that twenty twenty? Yeah. That's pretty good. I, I, you know, I, I have a lot of sympathy for the fact that he has a, a stutter, but he really, he, he turned himself around on that one. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to uh, uh, Second in Command, a Veep Rewatch podcast. My name is Tim Simons. I play Jonah Ryan. My name is Matt Walsh. I play Mike McClintock. Uh, we are going to, uh, Walsh, I, I don't even know if I want to say it because I feel like it's just going to come with a lot of I'm going to let it go. Say it. Just say it. We look at the show from the view of a low rung on a high ladder. Uh, yeah, I feel like, Walshy, I feel like there's a chance we might have already made more premium podcast content than we did. Yeah, actual than we did uh, premium cable shows. Yeah. Than we did actual premium cable content. For five seasons. No, five, seven seasons. We probably made four the first year, five the second, five the third. Mm-hmm. It's 14, 5 the 4th. It's, help me out here, 19. 5 the 5th is 24. 5 the 6th is 29. And then okay. the last year, we had how many episodes? Six? Seven in the last year. So that's three and a half. I don't know. What do we have? 32 and a half hours of. All right. Well, program. we're almost there. I feel like at 17, if then, like, you know, we're, I've been averaging about an hour and a half a show, let's say. We're close. So I'll read the synopsis. This episode, yeah, it. it's called uh, Andrew, which is the introduction of the wonderful Dave Pasquese as Selena's ex husband, uh, mm-hmm. sleazy real estate businessman Andrew Meyer. After an allergic reaction shuts down her budget negotiation with majority leader Mary King, played by Mimi Kennedy, Selena moves the talks to Catherine's 21st birthday bash. Meanwhile, Amy and Gary fret over how Selena will handle seeing her ex-husband Andrew at the party. Mike continues to field press inquiries on Selena's role in the Uzbek hostage crisis. So it was directed by Christopher Morris, written by Tony Roach and Armando Iannucci. Um, Tony Roach now, uh, we've mentioned this before, Tony Roach now one of the EPs on... Uh, succession. I feel like there might be a little bit of the sort of succession-y stuff in this, like the sort of familiar, like we've talked about Tom having that pot of spaghetti. Very similar to the Jeremy Strong's 40th birthday party. Not very similar, but there's shades of like so much going on and like Selena telling the DJ that we need to play some talking music so we can really contemplate what it is to turn 21. <laughs> I think there's like, you know, deal making going on while there's a celebration of a birthday happening. It starts off, uh, we're right, uh, right back from Helsinki. Uh, you have, you have put together, uh, you're, you're sort of in full, uh, you're in full charm mode. Yeah. He's got some finished pastries, uh, to enjoy this finished breakfast. And, uh, uh, and that you've got some herring on there. It doesn't yeah. look very appetizing, but you seem to, you, you're pulling it off. You're pulling it off with a plum. Yeah. He's trying to, uh, and those are like background meetings where you, I don't even know if those happen anymore, but you would sit down with people and give them pieces and bits of the news without being on sort of quoted. 
but you're also uh, keeping the relationships alive. You know, so those are all hostile news outlets, obviously, but you're still trying to build rapport with them. Can you, well, she, do you remember the, the, the sense of what background and on the record and off the record meant? Because background was just like, you will never be named. Like you're just giving information on background. That just yeah, that's means not like, background. You're right. That's an informal press briefing, but like when Leon starts to question him and corner him, I think it feels like a violation of what that meeting is. It's sort of, right. you know, they probably gave you some bullet points of the trip and they cover what they want to cover. So it's not like a gotcha moment where there's an open Q&A necessarily. But yeah, it seems like you are reacting to it in a way that is like, you know, he's going hard at you. Yeah. He's going hard at you in a way that uh, you were not expecting. Yeah, and Mike doesn't ha- Mike doesn't do his job well here because he brings up Meyer the liar. That's which, right. again has a nice run in the media outlets. They like that title and they run with it. So that is on Mike for that. Um, uh, from there, do, do we go right into? Uh, from there, we go right into. Uh, Selena and Mary King in the West Wing office because Selena has been tasked with keeping the government open. She's in charge of the budget negotiation talks. Yes. That will avert a government shutdown. This is not debt ceiling, right? A government shutdown just for sort of, this is something Arm, I feel like had floated to us, you know, early in season two, like I feel like this was building the whole time, like as one of the pivotal moments of the season where the government was going to shut down. And um, Mm -hmm. I think it's perfect, like the way he honed in on it, I think it's like politics or like bureaucracy at its best. Because to me, as somebody who doesn't know politics, it's like, it's ridiculous. Like you're elected to sort of manage budgets and for you to let the government shut down is completely irresponsible. Like it's, even though you're doing it for negotiation reasons, it seems like hopelessly terrible. And by the way, we always print money whenever we need money, for God's sakes. Like, how does it shut down? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the U.S. has no problem going into debt or just issuing more paper. Like, I don't even understand it. Like, it seems like the most ridiculous thing. And it, it might not be common in England for these things to happen. And I think ARM maybe even in season one, I feel like he found it quite entertaining or certainly good fodder for our show to explore a government shutdown because I think it is idiosyncratic to our recent politics here in America. Hey, Walshy. Yo. You're ever in a hotel room in Montreal, Canada, working on a reboot of the Home Alone franchise and you want to rewatch The Sopranos, but it's not available uh, in your geographic area. You might want to use ExpressVPN. Uh, great job it's in that sim- movie, by the way. Great job in that movie. Oh, thank you're you very, very much. You're very good in it. For no, you're very good in it. But you cannot access HBO because it's its own little world up there, isn't it? Yeah, they have a different rights from everywhere. But ExpressVPN, it's a simple app for your computer or smartphone that encrypts your network data and tunnels it through a secure VPN, which you can, the VPN, you can put it in any region. You can make your computer think you're in New York. You can make your computer think you're in California. Uh, and and it's so that your provider, your internet service provider, can't see any of your activity. That's amazing. And ExpressVPN doesn't slow down your connection, Tim. 
That's why it's rated the number one VPN by Business Insider and The Verge. Things that your ISP provider could see. List of people you've messaged, sites you've visited, Yikes. and videos you've watched, Yikes. you perverts. Yikes. Those things get tracked by tech giants who then can sell your information for profit. So visit expressvpn.com slash veep. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash veep. And you'll get three extra months for free. Just to hear it again, that's expressvpn.com slash veep. Just to learn more, go there. Today's episode is sponsored by Honey. Uh, Walsh, how often uh, do you buy stuff on the internet? Too much, Tim. Uh, that's basically how uh, the pandemic taught me to live. Uh, yes, understandable. Uh, there's no more stores, things to show up in boxes at our house. I am a little bit of a, uh, of a, a tightwad and I uh, look for promo codes on the internet and Honey manually searches for coupon codes for you. Uh, as you are online shopping. It supports over 30,000 stores online, and that's they have tech and gaming products uh, to popular fashion brands and food delivery. Okay. Imagine you're shopping, then you close out mm -hmm. your order, the honey button drops mm -hmm. down, all you have to do is click apply coupons, you wait a few seconds, honey searches the entire internet for that site. If it finds a working mm -hmm. coupon, you'll watch the price drop in front of you. I know that I have saved some money using Honey because of this, and Honey has 17 million members and over $2 billion in savings. So if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. And it's already free and it installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. I wouldn't recommend something I don't use, but I like this. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash veep. That's joinhoney.com slash veep. Uh, so she's in those talks with Mary King, played by uh, Mimi Kennedy. Yeah. Uh, who, uh, if you have seen In the Loop, uh, they had worked together before. Uh, she sort of like had that, she had like a relief. She was, uh, she was Amy's or she was Anna's boss. Yes. in in the loop and she had that sort of famous scene which was like you have to be in the room to make the deals like you can't leave the room because otherwise you'll get you'll get taken out of the you'll get taken out of the deals which is when she was like shoving paper in her mouth because her gums had started bleeding <laughs> so that's uh that's mimi kennedy so if you recognize her from the sort of armiverse uh that's that's where you've seen her before uh she there's a really great moment in there that i feel like might be explained later but also feels like like an arm moment that had a lot more explanation at one point but they're checking in about their children uh you know she says like you know you know how are your kids oh how's catherine oh she's good you know we always just say you want your kids to be happy healthy and to stay out of mid-east politics so i guess two out of three ain't bad that's what selena says and then, then Selena asks uh, Mary King, "How is how are her how's her son?" And she says, uh, "Or how how are how are your kids doing?" And she sort of pauses and does and just says, "They're great," in a way that seems like she just wants to pass over it. It is revealed later, or like in the in the moments later, like as she's leaving the room. That uh, something about like skipping her son, you wouldn't have skipped your son's civil union. Ceremony, and, yeah. And there is, yeah, there is that part. Like this might be the one, this might be one of those scenes where it 
maybe tips party a little bit in that uh, one of the things they're arguing about is uh, is like money for oh is uh, uh, unemployment benefits reductions and Selena's arguing against that. She's like, you know, I can't reduce unemployment benefits. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Mary King would have a son who's in a civil union, which seems to be not something she wants to talk about, might be a little bit of a tip for party. Yes, yes. And uh, I, I think it's interesting, too, that their negotiation, which I'm sure Selena and Mimi worked on, uh, is is not bickery at all. It's quite civil. Do you know what I mean? She's like, mm-hmm. come on, Mary. Like, she's Selena's putting on the charm, and she thinks that, you know, uh, Mary King's faking her sneezing as one of her classic stalling tactics. And then it turns out the flowers are totally making her allergic. So they say, Gary, deflower the room. And Dan says, I bet you never heard that before, <laughs> yeah. Gary. Uh, but it's very civil. I just want to say, like, it's it's interesting that the temperature of that room, because they are adversaries and the stakes are super high, mm-hmm. but it's also cordial and it's not, I don't know, bitchy, for lack of a better word. They're just sort of like chumly, chummy about it. It's yeah. interesting. I think that was an interesting choice the way they did. They played that. And it seems like the 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 Mary King stalling is like the stuff of legend outside Dan and Amy are talking about how at one point she like pretended to faint, which like bought them time. So that's why Selena's so dismissive of the sneezing attack. And this yeah. was definitely like this I remember being a thing. Cause I don't know if you noticed, but the flowers come from a really weird place. The flowers have been like put on the floor behind the couch. Yeah. And I think that was born out of like, how is Mimi going to come into this room? How is Mary going to come into this room and not see this giant thing of flowers that she's right. allergic to? And I remember right. that being a big, uh, like, I remember that being like a big uh, source of conversation on the day. And I think ultimately they solved the problem, which was she can't see the flowers. Yeah. But they created a bigger problem in that they're just now on the floor. Yeah, why would you put flowers on the floor? Why would you put flowers on the floor? Why aren't they yeah. in water? Why aren't they in a vase? Yeah. You know what I mean? It, I think yeah. that's that to me reeks of a somewhat not major. It's not a major thing because ultimately nobody cares that they came off the floor behind, but it that kind of reeks of a thing of like it's 7 a.m. on a Monday. We just got to set. We're rehearsing it. And one of us says, wait, why wouldn't she wouldn't just she see notice these flowers? These when she why she... And then it's just like, oh, fuck. We're immediately an hour behind on this day. <laughs> and so we just need a solution. And it's all right, fuck it. And that's put probably them on the Dale Stern going, well, just put them on the floor. Come on. Come on. Yeah, just put, just put, put them on, on the floor. floor. We got to get, get cameras up. Another uh, interesting character that comes into this episode besides Andrew is Ed Webster, who is Amy's boyfriend. So after Mimi leaves to postpone the negotiation so she Mm -hmm. can get out of this allergy fit, they're going to do it at Catherine's party later. Um, We see the bullpen where Amy says that Ed Webster, another pretty generic name for a character, Webster, Mm -hmm. (laughs) played by the wonderful Zach Woods. Uh, comes in and you see Dan be sort of jealous because he, I don't know, he doesn't like the fact that Amy's got a life outside of dating someone like him. 
Yeah, Dan seems to, in their conversation that leads up before Ed comes in, he's like, wait, you have a date? Like he, Dan, you definitely get the sense from Dan that he doesn't want to date Amy, but he kind of also doesn't want anybody else to date Amy. Yes. And uh, this also is coming directly off of, uh, directly off of uh, the, the Vic Allen dinner thing where Sufi, where Sue, tells Amy, like, you need to get out. You need to have a life. Like, it's clear that Amy has gone out after Sue said that stuff and was like, all right, look, I just need a date. And Dan was like, I thought you said you would never date inside DC. And she's like, well, it's fine. He's from Boston. So he runs the Boston office of Selena's super PAC. Yeah. And by the way, that is a very, like, efficient arm and Veep writer's way of, like, we don't need the connective tissue of Amy, like, building that relationship. We need the seeds of it with the conversation of Sue, with Sue at the, the dinner. Yes. And then we jump ahead two episodes and lo and behold, she has a relationship. Like, that's very uh, Veep-esque efficiency. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think before, before it comes out, so there was just something that I liked that, uh, that you do, <laughs> Walsh. This is you being good at your job in that, like, in that deflecting blame can be good at being can mean being good yeah. at your job, but you come in and you're like, oh, some idiot's resurrecting Meyer the liar. Yeah. <laughs> can you believe yeah. that? Yeah. And she and Selena has the, doesn't catch it. She doesn't no, she doesn't catch it. And she says, like, you know, of course my name, my last name rhymes with liar. Thank God my thank God my last name isn't Selena Mapist or Selena Metaphile. Yes. Yes. And we're getting um, sprinklings of Andrew coming and the sort of way Selena changes. Uh, so she's starting to get distracted by this ex-husband who's going to be visiting. Everybody is like, oh, Andrew's coming. And the, uh, everybody kind of has like, a, oh, yeah, yeah, response to it. But Gary is Gary is behind her, like I think helping her put on her coat or something like that. And he's like, I hate him it is yeah. true like like the rest of you are just like whatever he sucks like i don't want to think about him but gary is like no i actually hate him yeah well she says he fluffs and fucks you like he got her a porsche and then you realize she realized the money came from Catherine's like college fund mm-hmm. or or inheritance fund and then i forget the other one he took her to the maldives to go i forget but that's Oh yeah, he took they uh oh yeah, that was it because uh Gary has that like that you realize how much they know about one another when Gary is like they went to the oh, Maldives and they had crazy, crazy intercourse. Uh they had crazy intercourse and then she and then he tells her that uh then he tells her that he sold their second home. Yes. And it, all, the, both both of those examples are like her being like she has that bit in here when when Governor Chung is like attacking her, uh, or maybe that's in the next episode. But there's that that thing about like you know you know these overpaid Washington uh, yeah. these overpaid Washington people, and she's like, I'm not overpaid. I'm independently wealthy. Like the sort of cluelessness yeah. about being rich. Like here's what an asshole he is. He bought me a Porsche, and he yeah. sold he sold our second home. Like those are very high class problems. Yeah, and it's a recent develop it's it's recent investment in her backstory. Like we don't really know how where Selena came from, but I think they're sort of building her wealth and her privilege in this mm-hmm. episode. Do you know what I mean? 
mm-hmm. which we'll through the seasons we'll get to see bigger glimpses of her, her horse stables, etc. Hi, everybody. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn how to direct a movie from Ron Howard. You can improve on your inclusive leadership skills with Bill Clinton, or you could learn how to build your own streaming channel with Ninja. With over 100 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. For example, Mr. Matt Walsh and I took a cooking class from the French Laundry's Thomas Keller. Yeah, it was amazing. And I want to say, this isn't like a YouTube video. These are like really pointed, well-phrased, exactly what you want classes. So it was wonderful. And I'm a big cooker or cook. Can you say cooker? I don't know. It feels like that's the kind of thing Thomas Keller should have covered. Like, I mean, he like really got into like, you know, the, the the joy of cooking very quickly yeah and the, the nitty-gritty of it but i feel like he should have that should have been the first thing he said yeah is whether or not you can call yourself a cooker yeah i highly recommend you check it out get unlimited access to every master class and as a second in command listener you get 15 percent off an annual membership so go to masterclass.com slash veep now that's masterclass.com slash veep for 15 percent off masterclass uh, I love the fact that Sue is so direct. At some point in here, Ben stops by and I wrote this down. Uh, I don't. I can't remember what he says outside of like, I just saw Mary King and it looked like she was thrown up by a whale. Yes, that's a great uh, Kevin Dunn line because it's, it's an average joke, I think. But mm-hmm. when he delivers it, it's really funny. Yeah, it becomes like a, it becomes something like that I'm making. It's kind of violent, up. like, woof. Yeah, like, and it's like, I've never actually, I have no idea it paints a very specific picture of something that nobody knows anything about. Yeah. Nobody knows what that looks like, but if you just say they were thrown up by a whale, all of a sudden, you know exactly what that is. You're like, Oh yeah, absolutely. I know exactly what she looked like. Um, uh, Ed comes in. He has that whole thing. That's like kind of charming where he's like, he's like, Oh, I do very low. They have like an awkward hug. And he says, I do very localized dancing. Like yes. little circles, you can't you can't see if you're watching the video cast. You can see this, but I'm like he does like little hip circles. It's all very very awkward and quiet. And Amy is sort of charmed by it. Amy yes. seems to enjoy him. And also another in the looper, uh, Zach Woods came out of in the loop. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so um, he's kind of part of arm stable already. There's gotta be. I mean, there's gotta be a thing. Oh, I'm, no, I was going to say that, like, I, I'm I'm just grateful that Zach Woods maybe was on a job when this was coming up. Maybe he was on The Office when this came out. Because otherwise, Possibly. otherwise, kind of feel like Zach Woods is just going to be playing Jonah. Outside oh, of know. the physical, you know what I mean? Outside of, like, the physical description, there is a part of me that thinks just, you know, like, let's just put it to the gods that, thank God, Zach that Woods he was busy and That he yeah. was busy. Um, well, it also meant to be, if the gods wanted it, that fate, fate played out uh, how it played out. Like, yeah. That's fine. Uh, in that scene when Selena comes out, there was something very familiar about this. I don't know where, where Amy is not helping Selena at all. She's yeah. like, hello. And Amy isn't being, this is Amy not being good at her job. She's not providing any context. For She's not providing any context. She is yeah. in this. She is in this way choosing Ed's feelings above 
her boss's knowledge, if that makes yeah. sense. Like yeah. it's hurting him more because he's not memorable. Yeah. Like it's pointing out that he's not memorable, but she is trying to like, you know, she doesn't want to, she's trying to big up him by, by saying like, Oh, here is this person who is memorable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and it's funny the way Selena plays it because she's usually good at small talk, but she's basically mm-hmm. cornered. And he's someone who basically raised money for her and runs her like fundraising office in Boston. So she should know. She should absolutely know it. And she says like, yeah. oh, the last time we saw each other was in bumfuck Idaho. Uh, and Which then, is what uh, I call DC. <laughs> that is what I call DC. And uh, <laughs> it's just like one of those funny little jokes. Um, I think from there, we go right into Catherine's 21st birthday party. Yeah, I wanted to um, oh, yeah. ask you, because the Ed uh, Webster and Zach Woods, he's like one of the first tall people you get to do scenes with, Tim. Does that, do you have any memory of like, oh, this is different? Because I, I remember seeing that, this is such a tangential conversation, but I remember no. seeing that like, oh, Ed's almost, or Zach's almost as tall as Tim. I wonder if that's like refreshing or if it just is like whatever. Do you know what I, I mean? Think, I mean, I level think, wise, I think it's kind of whatever. I don't think it goes unnoticed, but I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of whatever. I mean, the, the, I think the only way that it would not be a kind of whatever thing is if like there had been like a lot of efforts in other ways to like get everybody else to be the same height as me. Yeah. But I kind of just always got to like stick out, you know, in a, in a way of like, there, nobody, nobody, we were never trying to fool anybody that I wasn't, that I was shorter or that somebody else was taller. So I think in this instance, it was kind of a whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. No, I'm just but, curious because like, part of me thinks like, are you part, part of me thinks like, oh, well, at least I'm, five, I'm two inches taller than this guy. Like, I'm still tall. Like, part of me thinks I would be happy that I'm taller than him. And then part of me thinks like what he just said is like, it doesn't matter. Like, I was just well, thinking that because like, it's almost like, because a lot of times you're talking to Selena and uh, I don't know, just a weird tangent. No, I, I do think, you. I do think that you're right to ask that question in that like I recently, like, so in, uh, in station 11, which we've kind of texted back and forth about a little bit, I, Great show. I hug the, the woman who plays Miranda at the, at toward the end of like the first episode that I'm in. Yeah. And I when I watch it, I'm sure it's not the first thing that everybody thinks of, but maybe I'm just like and I'm an actor so I'm always in my head about the way that I look on camera. But I'm just like, my god, you are twice the size of that person. And it looks mm-hmm. in it kind of looks insane when I <laughs> hug her. Like I look like I am a, of a different spe- species than than she is because she is like a regular sized person and I just look like I'm like a long-limbed monster who is enveloping her. You know what I mean? So I feel like I might, like if if Ed and I had had scenes where we like were supposed to hug or sit right next to one another, yeah. that would have probably felt a little bit better. Yeah. So into uh, Catherine's uh, birthday Catherine's at the birthday National party, Gallery of Art. The National Gallery of Art, which was just, I think it was at the Veterans Memorial downtown Baltimore. Um, it's like, sort of like right in that like center, it's just across from the, uh, just across from the, uh, Capitol building or, you know, like the, that's what it's called, right? The Capitol building. 
Yeah, the mayor's, the mayor's office. The mayor's know. office. It's like where yeah. all the main government the rotunda, shit. City Hall. Yeah, City Hall. It's right across from City Hall. Yeah. That's the one we're looking for. But I spent yeah. eight years on a show about politics and I didn't remember the word City Hall together. Um, so we actually filmed that. I think it's a, like a like a World War II museum uh, that they had sort of done up to look like uh, the National Gallery of Art. The first thing that you see is Catherine's birthday cake, which was made by the Cake Boss Company because Cake Boss, that television show, was based out of Baltimore. Ace of is it Ace of Cakes? Ace of Cakes. I think it's Ace yeah. of Cakes. The show is called Cake Boss. Yeah, good little um, nugget there. Which I Though this was a yeah this was a particularly chaotic evening of filming because I feel like this day of the party was late, late, late into the night. This was was this more than one day or was this two yeah, days? It could have been multiple days. I think this is when Kevin Dunn said, "I'm not going in." Like, yes, I think like at one point, like they wrapped him. <laughs> Yeah, and they, then they, and they came back, back out and they were like, hey, actually, we actually need you for this thing. And he was like, no, no, no you don't. I'm going home. I'm going home. I think they had, I think he had like already agreed. He, they had like signed him out and he was like, all right. And they were like, oh, God, you know what? We just got word that we should need you for one more thing. And he was like, oh, he did it then. And it, so it was a second time it was happening. And he was like, no, no. Yeah. Like you should have thought about it. Yeah. Uh, you're not wrong. In that way of like at the beginning, like when we were talking about season two, episode one, how we're like behind and we never get back. Like even if we were edging toward getting back on time after this episode, we are not. We're behind again. Because this, I remember this party, these party days were like 20 hour days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were they were long and they were grabbing bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. And so you didn't know who was going to be seen. And I remember like, being pulled in to told, just eat cake in the background. Like he wanted a piece of Mike to eat some cake. So I remember like shaving the tiniest of slices because I knew we were going to do like 20 takes of this. So yes. I was just shaving the tiniest of slices and miming uh, the cake eating because I knew this it would was, be a long one. I do remember that this was, I, you know, I might even be able to pull out an actual filming date because it was like a few days after... It was a few days after uh, House of Cards came out, like the big, like first Netflix, you know, it was like, ooh, Netflix is doing their own show and Kevin Spacey's in it and it's about politics and whatever. And like, you know, everybody was talking about the algorithm that Netflix had about what people wanted to see. And and I remember that uh, uh, production got me like a little Wi-Fi dongle from my computer and I just sat. I sat in my trailer and watched five episodes of it because I couldn't leave. But at one point, I had a more than a five-hour break. Yeah. So that was first season of House of Cards? Very first season, yeah. coming out? Wow. Yeah. So we came out before House of Cards in our show. We did. We filmed in Baltimore before them. We did. Okay. Yeah, they, they started up after we were done, our first season. But we borrowed their West Wing Oval Office in Second early season. season two. Early season two. So that was their first season? Yes. All right. We're going to have to research that, Arvin. Find out the air date of Veep versus air date of House of Cards first season. Um, so anyways, Chaotic, uh, Mary King, and Selena are trying to broker... Uh, the debt ceiling and and make uh, keep the government from shutting down. 
They even go uh, into a bathroom, I think, right? Yeah, they, they, they get, get super, done. like the DJ starts like actually playing like super loud music and they can't hear one another. Uh, so they have we to go into We get to see the- Raheem, we get uh, to, Catherine's yeah, we- Iranian boyfriend who played by Waleed. And there is a moment name. there where they like have like a salute. They, you know, they have like a little cheers. Uh, yeah. Uh, they have a, a quick toast. And he says something in Iranian. And he says something. Version. I think he says, yeah, he says something in Iranian. And then Gary's like, what was that? And she's like, some gibberish. I don't know. And I know that that was a moment that Gary and uh, that, sorry, that Tony and Jules could not keep it together. And yeah. I think because it is so mean. Yeah. It is like a truly. It is like one of those moments where you're just being a bad person. Yeah. You're quietly being a bad person, and that's hard to keep it together. But I think they had to do seven or eight of those takes. And also, I mean, like, it's so punchy. Everybody's tired, 20-hour days. It's in the middle of winter. It's also on the heels of all these revelations of, like, how much entitled wealth Selena has lived through, like her yes. Porsche and everything. So it's all coming... To the forefront in this episode, you really see like her privileged, entitled view of the world. There's so, there's a there's a little bit of a runner here that that I remember at the time, uh, I it, and it starts right when Ben shows up. In that Ben showed up to fucking party. Yeah, and that was that was not in the script. That was all Kevin Dunn. He was yeah. just like leaning in to the fucking alcoholism, and he's like, yeah. "Look, if I brought all these fucking number, I brought all, I brought all these bean counter nerds, but I'm here to fucking party." Yes, which we see later. Ben's addictions uh, later in later seasons are very entertaining. Seeing uh, Kevin Hammer is really fun. There is at one point. Oh, so was she after the scenes in the bathroom with the girls yelling at one another. Uh, they go back upstairs and everybody's having a great time at the party. And then she tells them like, okay, like, look, you got to quiet down. Like, what is it? Like, let's just have some time to talk and reflect and have yes. some quiet. And, you know, she talks to the DJ about like, is there anything like for chillaxing? Um, yeah. And they play that, which absolutely kills the party. But right before, like when the music's really going, I have a very clear memory of uh, of Ben dancing doing like you know real like old guy at a party dancing just really going fucking nuts i don't know if any of it made the cut but it was so funny yeah and i think that is when you're eating cake i think you're eating cake i'm eating cake behind her when she turns the music down yes (laughs) and she's eating the pink cake uh, we oh at the beginning of this party we skipped over the introduction of Andrew and a bit of David Pasquese who legendary Chicago improviser yeah um, I think we were all pretty excited that he was coming on I remember like going up just to talk to him about Chicago in the rehearsal room and I feel like all of us had a little bit of like a starstruck feeling around Pasquese would you well, agree? Dave- yeah, Dave was a legend for Chicago people, certainly, because he was at Second City when I just got out of college. And he was on the main stage, and he was one of the noted improvisers, like one of the mm-hmm. greats of all time. And so I used to watch him at the improv set at Second City after the show, and he was a much revered uh, legend. So yeah, it was. I never really worked with him until Veep. So it was kind of like meeting one of uh, my idols. He did a thing, and I think it's it's pretty clear in this. Uh, the, the so they 
Uh, do you know Alex Karpovsky, who played, I can't remember the character's name, but he was in, uh, he Girls. Was in Girls. Really recognizable actor and a very talented guy. He directed a documentary called I Swear We're Making This Up or something like that, which is just a filmed stage version of uh, TJ and Dave. And I think they did some shows in New York and Karpovsky directed like a documentary about it. And it just shows you what they do. It just shows you one of their shows from beginning to end, like a little bit before and a little bit after. And one of the amazing things, as I'm sure you've noticed about Pasquazi, is that he's incredibly patient with those things. He's quiet and patient until the thing happens. And I feel like you can see that in all in in his performance of Andrew as well like Andrew for all for as bad as he is talked about and for everything that leads up like you get the sense that he is going to be this awful guy the first thing you see of him is like a kind of charming affable quiet even soft spoken kind of handsome suave guy and i really yeah. like that choice yeah. Well, you see him greeting and he, Selena says, I hate it. He always remembers one thing about somebody, which is what politicians do. And he's greeting people at Catherine's party going like, Hey, how's the blah, blah, blah. And like making small jokes and he's really good at it. So he has that, uh, meet and greet, uh, retail politics really well. And she's probably jealous about the fact that he can remember them. Cause I mean, he's yeah. saying things like, what does he say? Like, did you, he says something about, um, Something was there something about running a marathon? Yeah. Well, whatever it was, I, I think ultimately it seems like it's the kind of thing that Selena might just be jealous of because he's doing it without the help of a Gary. He's doing exactly what she does, yeah. except that he actually seems to be pulling it off in a way that people think he's being genuine and she's using it as a criticism of him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I noticed that today when I was watching it, that I was like, oh, Pasquazi, like you, like you, I think you could have very easily cast this part as like a very slimy, uh, you know, really, um, uh, like a, uh, like a really slimy sort of, uh, loud presence. And Pasquazi is an interesting choice for it, for it. And I will say, I will say Pasquazi's sexy. Yeah, he is. Pasquazi is sexy as Andrew, and I think that comes like that comes out in this episode. Yeah, I'm sure Julia said, "Yeah, he's great. Like he he plays it well, and their chemistry is really good." Hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's Hi, guys. up? What's, What's up, up, David? Pasquazi? How you doing? All right, we have an unexpected uh, guest in David Pasquazi. Thanks for hey, coming to the show. We're doing good. You played uh, Andrew Meyer, uh, one of the great characters on Veep. And uh, I don't know. It's an honor to have you. Can I ask? I I'm going to jump right in. I, I rewatched this this morning. And not that, it not that it's surprising, but I don't think it's a first thought if somebody knows your work previous. How fucking sexy you are in this show. Yeah. The chemistry, the chemistry, <laughs> the chemistry is good. Is so really good. good. And you Tom. are so easily confident and so fucking sexy. And was that hard to find? Is that is that something that you've always had a talent at? 
<laughs> reminds me of a of a, a, a Chris Morris question that he asked someone. I think it was Brass High. He said, "Have you always been a genius?" <laughs> yeah, yeah really? I'm not sexy motherfucker. That's there's no getting around it. I mean, uh, you know, fight. Why why fight it? I mean, it seems like you're so good at it. It seems like in all these other things you've had, you've had to fight really hard to hide it. This is just the first time that it's ever just been allowed to just let all of it out. Yeah, I'm really good at hiding it. I mean, that's probably, other than being super sexy, my other great talent is hiding how fucking sexy I am. (laughs) Oh, interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Two sides of the same coin. Very interesting. So... How did how did Veep come into your life, Dave? This is kind of a standard question, but like, how did the script enter your life? How did you end up? Well, on I show? auditioned for the pilot. Okay, for who did you uh, audition for? Jonah? For Mike. <laughs> no, Mike. for Mike. Mike. Yeah, really. And, and it was over. At, yeah, it was at uh, Allison's place on Larchmont, right? Mm-hmm. Allison. Mm-hmm. And um, Allison Jones, the casting director, and. Uh, it was one of the worst. I mean, there was a couple auditions. There were, you know, you'd win it a few times. The worst. It, I was just terrible, absolutely terrible that day. Um, and also, it was really fun to have people who were. There was a, one guy in there who just fucked the whole thing. Anyway, it was. I was terrible. <laughs> and so my this was like Andrew was like maybe my fifth audition for fifth a different character. For Veep. Really? For Veep, yeah. And had you, at this point, met, been in the room with Armando, yes? No. Uh, oh, Never. yes, that day, yes. Armando and Julia. And Julia. Oh, didn't, so you didn't had really meet, didn't just hello, you know, when okay. you're walking in with a group. But for these uh, other characters, Armando was in the room for some of those. No, this is all, no. I was back in Chicago, and there's one okay. time I got on Zoom with them, and I didn't okay. get that job. And then I think I, okay. I think I got, I think I didn't Zoom for Andrew, the Andrew part, but I'm not sure. I don't recall, actually. Okay. But that was also my first Zoom audition-like thing, too. Yeah. So you, when you auditioned for Andrew, you weren't improvising with Julia yet. You didn't no. really play no. with her. No, not until I showed up. I think didn't we? I think I came out a couple days early, and we did a, um, mm-hmm. a, a read through, and then put the scripts down and actually improvised. Unlike most people who say that when they're just like, now put the scripts down and forget it. They want you to remember every one of their jokes and they want you to add to it. But those guys actually meant it. Forget the script and just do yeah. it. It was amazing. I'd never, I'd never experienced that before. It was really fun. And That's a good away. way to explain TV improv, by the way. They want you to add to their jokes. And in this setting, they wanted whole cloth, mistakes, ugliness, stumbles, brand new ideas they right. were inviting you into that right absolutely and and i think it's just because every single person there had one goal which was to try to make it better not to be noticed or to make sure i get my jokes in or anything like that it was just like every single person it did not matter i remember you all giving ideas you know here's something hey try this it's my work you know like not for yourself but for for others it was really a, that whole scene was really 
generous, kind of unusual in that. I remember, or or let me ask you this off of that, how much of Andrew was decided before you got there and how much did you find of him in the rehearsals? Like if you, when you were on with Armando and uh, Allison, like what were you guys doing? Do you remember stuff that was sort of your creation, what you brought to it? My guess is I brought nothing. That would be my guess. (laughs) Uh, And (laughs) that's, I don't have a, Super clear recollection, but that would—that's a safe bet. And then in the room, were there discoveries, or in the when you first started playing around with Julia? Yes. Well, one, yes. When I first started playing around with Julia, that's when it became real clear what what it was and how how much it was really fun. And also seeing the way you all were working, and so it wasn't until I got a feel for the because on the page it's one thing, and then but then actually doing it, you recognize what the tone is and and I it was really fun because I didn't you all had to kind of be deferential to her mm-hmm. and I, and I didn't yeah and uh, yeah. so that was that was made it uh real easy for me and she and also uh really easy to be you know attracted to her <laughs> so so uh, that that made it real easy too. Mm-hmm. That is true. There are very few characters. We talked about this with uh, we talked about this with Back at All a little bit about there are very few characters who can play high status to her, and you can play that because of your personal relationship with her, and he can play that because of his because of his office, because of whatever he, whatever, uh, um, yeah, whatever congressional committee that he's on, he gets to play at least even status to her at some moments. Yeah, that was, uh, it was really fun from the very beginning. I think the first episode was the Chris Morris episode, right? He yes. directed, yeah. yeah. Catherine's birthday party. And then right. your, I think your introduction, which we were talking about, I think you were, improvising meet and greets to random people. Oh, right. Yeah. And you're just small talking and charming people and Selena's watching you and hating you. Do you have any memories? Was that literally your first scene filmed? It might've been in the big ballroom there with her birthday. Yeah. Yeah. It might've been. Um, but I do remember, you know, uh, I never worked with you, man. I knew you. No, no. I guess at at your theater, I, we did a Herald or something like that in New York. But I don't Um, think, Tim and I talked about this earlier. We're we're both like big fans of yours, and obviously we're Chicago guys. And you had this sort of legendary status, whether you wanted it or not, for people coming up. And I had watched As you being in super City. sexy. That yeah, and sexy, sexy, and not, but also hiding it was what yeah, I was but also hiding it. Thank you. I Thank was attracted you. to how you could hide it. Tim was yes. attracted to your sexiness. I was so just. I was. I was. Yeah, hiding it. And I think I'm more I'm more repressed. And I think it was also like it was something that everybody could kind of look to. Like, what if I could be a a good, a fair to middling improviser, but also be that attractive? I think it was something like that's sort of what people like. That was a big thing. Or like, God, you can really be mediocre if you're that sexy. You know what I mean? Yeah, Mm, Uh, yeah. So that's so that's what I that's what I really thought about when I would see you out there. Yeah, and I'd seen you smoke a cigarette on stage, and I thought that was sexy too. So, 
I mean, uh, anyways, yeah. everything you do, I mean, I don't want to derail it, but everything you do is fucking, is hot as fuck. Um, this is reminding me, David, that the first day you were in rehearsal and Walsh, this was, this was the week that we filmed this, uh, uh, that we rehearsed and then filmed it was also the crab crack that we had at my second year apartment. Oh. And that was, we got Pasquazi over there. Pasquazi was there. Chris Morris was there. I do remember that because Morris had some drinks and knocked over like a decorative collar. Of like the decorative pillar and it cracked and I had to turn it to hide the crack from my landlord. Yeah. That Um, was a crazy late night. That was a fun night. Yeah. That was a fun night. Great big long table in your place, right? Yeah. Yeah, like I borrowed tables from the... I borrowed tables and chairs from the rehearsal studio. Uh, brought him over to the apartment, put down the newspaper, got Annie was in town. Like, I think that was the right. weekend that I, Annie that was, was going to be able to come out. And so that meant, I was like, all right, well, you know, she's going to be in town. Like, she's been home with the kids. Like, let's do something really fun. Uh, she got along with Ian Martin famously. And Ian Martin brought over a bottle of Armagnac, mm-hmm. uh, which I believe is cognac, but not from the cognac region. And uh, Annie and Ian Martin like got drunk on on Armagnac, and everybody had a great time. And uh, the yeah, that was the first week that you were there. Yeah, that was uh, right. And they put us up in uh, me coming in for a short time. They put us up in the really fancy hotel. It was really nice. The Four Seasons. The, sure. Yeah, you were over at the Four Seasons. We were at the uh, we were at the Homewood uh, Suites most of the time. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the kitchenettes and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the party where everyone just dispersed at like three in the morning and walked home through some dicey neighborhoods. Anyways, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my point is, Dave, when you were dialing in it, because we were sort of like saying how we all admired your work and, you know, we're sort of one of the improv heroes in Chicago. But coming into the process, once you owned Andrew, once you got to play with Julia as an actor, was there something, was there a moment where you kind of like clicked or you felt like, oh, I can always go to this, you know, Not that really. you remember? Yeah, it was from, from the kind of the beginning, like, well, the, what I'd go to, I guess, was this relationship with her, right? Whenever I was confused, oh, this is, I, I, I still really want her, mm-hmm. no matter what else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that always made it, easier i was telling walsh like we we were talking about like the specifics of the show earlier and, and these was, are just recollections of you dave we're not going to have you talk we're just going to talk about things we remember gonna, about you yeah i'm very that nothing makes me more comfortable <laughs> <laughs> than getting attention but not having to talk the that 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 i think in like a a lesser person's hands this would have been a much slimier, louder, a little bit more of like a used car salesman kind of guy. And you came in and very easily turned what could have been a bad joke into something that I had not seen before. Just like somebody who is incredibly confident in how it, just in how terrible and how untrustworthy they are. Like you you just casually talk about how you're in the Cayman Islands and it's like, well, we all know what you're there for. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it was a, that was a, a really fun to play. It was a hoot. I remember also, didn't we improvise one at the funeral, Matt? A little scene oh, well, yeah. trying to sell you stuff, right? That became a <laughs> plot line that and Mike invested some of his meager savings into some, I don't know, eco-resort? <laughs> I can't. There's a, there's a big minimum, but... Yeah, and then you were telling you, you were explaining like, and the great thing is, if you get two people, you, you, were, you were like recruiting him to a pyramid scheme, and Mike bought it, uh, which became plot later. One thing, so we've had all these teases about Andrew and how Selena changes, and she has this different laugh around him, and she starts calling him Andy, mm-hmm. and you can see her staff, specifically Gary and Amy, really start dreading the change that's about to happen. And during this, Selena does close the deal for the, you know, the, the budget talks so the government doesn't shut down, which I love because they basically hand it to one of the number nerds and it's so anticlimactic. And he just goes like, you know, she's like, oh, you forgot school vouchers or something like that. And then they, they hand it to the numbers nerd at the table. And he goes, yeah, okay, good, great. And that was the deal. There's no like fanfare. There's no like celebration, which I think is super veep like at the end of the day there's all this news coverage about are we going to shut down do we shut down and then it's just two women at a table and then some guy at a computer going yeah okay good enough yeah yeah you don't live in that moment just move on and that is politics and ultimately ultimately it's about very boring stuff that has like you know like you know like when when they're talking about like you know you know i can't do you know i can't do 17 percent. i can do 15 and a half you know what i mean it's like that sort of thing it's like it's just it's just boring. It has yeah. ultimately it has real world consequences, but the way that they talk about it, it's just like, oh, it's just like boring, number crunching, nerdy shit. Yeah. Um, before we move away from the party, I do want to call out that there is a moment uh, where um, uh, where uh, Selena's being charmed by Selena's being charmed by Andrew, and he's talking about how he's been doing a lot of snorkeling in the Caymans, uh, which of course points to him being like a some sort of money launderer. Because isn't that where a lot of those bank accounts are, like Cayman yeah. Island bank offshore accounts, offshore banking, offshore there, banks? Yeah. Like, I mean, this is just I know this from movies, so I don't know if it's actually true. But he's saying, she's like, are you down there? Are you feeling up mermaids? And he says, you know, like, if he if they didn't want to get felt up, they shouldn't have been they dressing shouldn't like dressed that? so provocatively. Yeah. And Selena laughs and gets very giggly about it, even though he really is talking about, like, a, his sort of handsy, unwanted touching. But she yeah. is very charmed by him. And uh, as they're walking away, there's the moment with Gary and Selena and Amy where she's like, if I were drunk right now, would you kiss me? Would well, you try st- to kiss me? It starts with him going, be careful, sweetie. And she's like, yeah, yes. you just called me sweetie. He's like, oh my God, that's what I call Dana sometimes. And she's like, do you ever call her ma'am? And he's like, sometimes I do. And then Selena, who seems very tipsy, yes. says, Gary, uh, what is it? If I were drunk enough right now, would you kiss me? And he's full on as honest full- and goes, Yes. Yeah, I would. <laughs> and she's like, I was joking. And he tries to cover. And then Amy, I actually really love Anna's face in this. Like just the horrified, the horrified expression that she has after Selena walks away because Selena has bought that he was joking, but Amy knows the truth of that. Um, yeah. Oh, there's also this whole other runner in there 
uh, where I had forgotten that I was in this scene, or that I was in this. Well, thing that's at all. The, speaking of unwanted, like, or uh, Andrew being a little like crude. Hands-y Jonah's, and, yeah, yeah, Jonah's very crude in this. And I was going to ask you, like, did you shy away from any of these things? Like you have no. to say, like, oh, I'd like to hang you, bang you up against the wall, or what did you? What did I you was say? like, I, I didn't shy away from them when we were <laughs> filming him. I think I actually really went into this thing being like, oh no, like he really thinks this is going to work. Yeah. And at one point, there is a Britishism that's that's left in there where he's like, I was being knowing. That was knowing. I was being knowing, yes. which is not the way that we would have said it. And I think that might have come across as a little bit better like that moment might have been a little bit better had we like had i americanized it um but no i didn't shy away from them in fact leaned into it a little bit harder in that the the moment where uh jonah full-on tries to like shoot his shot with uh with selena yeah like that was something that i i think we pitched on the day. Like, that was not scripted. I think that one was just a thing that was like, all right, I would like to try this. And it ultimately went really well when we were shooting it in that, like, they were like, oh, that's funny. Like, let's, okay, let's try it again. Like, it was one of those ones where you pitch it and it kind of works out. Um, But then what happened was I couldn't stop laughing. I couldn't stop laughing. And so I think you really got the kind of only usable take of it. Because I kept fucking blowing it. I kept blowing the joke. And it well, was he, ca- one- he catches a look of her ass too when she walks away. He sneaks a peek. Yes. Yes. That's what I like, mean. Like you had a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I went really hard after it. Yeah. I just think I Good don't job. think I left the editors with a lot of choices of coverage. Okay. Because I was just unprofessional. I meant to ask that. Well, like, funny's funny. You can't help it. So then she gets back. The budget talks were a success, but the story that's tracking now is that her and Andrew's relationship, because of some book, uh, was faked. And she's like, that's a lie. It is true, but <laughs> but it's <laughs> Kent, Kent's lie, not my lie. So Kent right. Davidson was the one who wanted her to pose with her family on the night of the election or the night of you know them winning. Yes. Et cetera, et cetera. And it's also Furlong's name gets thrown out because Furlong is stoking this too. Roger yes. Furlong has become an enemy of Selena and he's stoking like these anti-Meyer, you know, stories. Right. Like, so he's like pepper, he's like salting the earth with all these little stories about, uh, with all these stories about Selena. And so, so right. So instead of like the the debt talks being a success, like so now she's dealing with all those things. And I think we forgot to mention at the beginning that the, or did we talk about this? The thing that like either she's lying about not knowing that there was a spy with the kids. Or she's lying about being integral to the foreign policy decisions of this administration. Right. So she, right now, all she's getting is bad press. And she's like, but I just solved this government shutdown. Like, that was me. Yeah. Why, uh, why am I not getting it? You know, because Furlong's out there uh, uh, planting stories about her. I do love that uh, Kevin keeps it alive by coming into this scene massively hungover. Yeah. By the way, one thing Jonah says is like, how much vodka do you think we'd need to have a little Mrs. Robinson moment with Selena? 
Yeah, no, that was with uh, that's with Ed and Amy when yeah. he's hitting on Amy in front of Ed. Like, are you hitting on my date in front of me? But I think you're referring to Selena when you say to get a Mrs. Robinson moment. Yes, and then that's disrespectful, and you say that's the most, that's the greatest, highest compliment you can give somebody. Yeah, it's like, the there's same. some relentless creepy from Jonah in this episode. Yes, it was really being leaned into, for sure. Uh, So because of all this bad press that they're getting about their Andrew and Selena's previous, uh, their relationship previous on the campaign trail, they have to go and have like a second birthday for Catherine. Because the Meyer the Liar title applies to this too. Like her relationship is a lie and she's also lying about the hostages. So it has double traction now. So... They're being proactive by going like, we need to go out publicly and prove that we get along. But also we're giving Catherine another birthday party. I think sincerely, I think they wanted to give her something nice. Yes. Yeah. And I think, I can't remember, but in this scene, I do think that you have another cover for the Meyer the Liar thing. Where you're like, who knows where they dig this stuff up? Like, you get in two defenses of it. (laughs) It's so obvious, too. And I think she might pick up at some point that it is Mike, where it came from. But I mean, she might. Uh, So So then we go to the place? Is that we at the restaurant again? Yeah, now we're at the restaurant. And I believe that the reason we're all, like, everybody is there. Everybody is there. Andrew and Selena are actually getting along pretty well at this point because like they're yeah. they're starting like you know they've been doing things like they've been like holding hands they they whatever like attraction that they have to one another is yeah. like starting to like bubble up again. And yeah. I do think that this was something that Julia and I I can't remember if she talked about this in the interview that we had with her that this was something that Julia really pushed for. Like the sort of idea of like, oh, like you have a woman in power, but then that should not mean that they have to like, that does not make them asexual. So I think that right. was something you wanted to explore, like, you know, like a woman in power in the public eye who is also single, I think was interesting to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are starting. Uh, so they're at dinner and they're getting a little flirty. And Catherine actually says like, I feel like you're actually going to have sex on this table. That would truly ruin my birthday. Like their back and forth is naughty and nasty kind of. And yeah, uh, and like, Pasquazi is so good at it. Too. He's he just, so like, good at it. Innuendo. He just, he's so slow at it. And he's like, he holds her gaze. He's got yeah. that moment right after that when they're where she's like, honey, we're not going to have sex on the table. And he's like, no. And then he just stares at her as if to say, <laughs> but I would. should we actually do it like he is so he's so good and then the thing about everyone being there to me i read that as like one of the themes that the show shows is that nobody has a life in dc when you're part of an administration like gary amy dan mike early seasons yeah jonah for that matter these people have no life so i always bought it as like for whatever reason they were there. Like Jonah has no life. Obviously, Ed attacks him in that moment. And I remember that moment where Zach Woods gets to turn his wit and and throw down with us. It was very mm-hmm. terrifying because he's such a good improviser. 
and he calls you what a, a Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein's monster made out of dead dicks. Like all those guys are there. That's a really that whole run it comes up a lot because you have like the thing about like I work hard and I play hard because that's off of like Ed being a Quaker. Like he's not drinking because he's yeah. a Quaker. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like the I work hard. I'm gonna get and that I play, shit tattooed on my dick with, dick room, with to room to spare. spare. And then you and Dan. Then Jonah and Dan are high fiving, so they're they're coupling up like they're I common love, enemy. I love that Dan and Jonah. Like at one point, like when uh, when like they're they're trying to riff on Ed being the Invisible Man. Like you know, he's like you know those V would probably remember remember you if you weren't so insignificant, stuff like that. Uh, you know, Dan says like ignore him to Jonah, and Jonah's like ignore who, and they like they like slap yeah. five, like all of a sudden they're buddies. I just yeah. love that. Well, they're tipsy too. It seems like they're all getting into their drinks, right? And I well. think ultimately, story wise, because this was like another one of those fucked up days, like the yeah. like the uh, like the birthday party that ran super long that I think we ended up having to like reschedule like that restaurant had shut down for the night and we rescheduled it. And we're like, you're actually shutting down like for another night too. Um, I'm sure that, I mean, like, I think they get paid for it. I hope yeah. they get paid for it. But I mean, like, I think like our, like, it, like that scene ended up needing to be completely ripped apart and put back together. So I think there were 19 different reasons for why we were all there, but I think it just boils down to we don't have a life and we need to make sure that this goes okay. Yeah. Um, and so they're watching Selena, and then what's happening is the photos are happening. And so like our show is immersed in the beginning moments of new media, if you will. So the, the fact that like someone in the restaurant is taking a picture and then Amy comes up later on her BlackBerry and shows yeah. the picture on Twitter that says... Selena and Andrew are not getting along. Like they have Selena shaking her finger. That's really like early storytelling of what we obviously, you know, is background now. But in the beginning of the media, that is Twitter, social media, Instagram, that was like sort of novel. Like the fact that, that some idiot at a restaurant could take a picture mm -hmm. and then it's public. Yeah. And know? it takes seconds, seconds for it yeah. for it to go from to then all of a sudden Dan's coming over to be like look the picture is all over Twitter right now and that, so that comes off of the fact that I think Selena or no sorry Amy comes in to say that like the president is going to let this the government get shut down uh, to distract from the Uzbeki hostage to, to, crisis. To distract from the hostages thing. So when she it looks like she's mad at Andrew but she's actually just mad at POTUS. Yeah. And I going back really quick, I do want to say that in that Zach Woods run, which is horrifying, yes, because he's so smart and he's so quick and yeah. he, he's he's unbeatable. He's like a terminator of wit. Yeah. Like it's just impossible. He brought one of his own in that the writers didn't know about. And yeah. He was like, You're like the Washington Monument. You're tall, useless, pale, and your ass is a swamp. <laughs> And I just remember everybody, like, I mean, it was just horrifying. Like, and I, I think that there, there were like, that could have been a four minute scene of him just ripping me apart personally that got diluted down to Frankenstein's monster made of dead dicks. But all of it was really good. Well, he, I um, think, and I talked to him afterwards because I shared with Zach 
uh, you know, how, how afraid we were of like wit and getting in the crosshairs of like him cutting you down. He was ready for that moment. So he had a couple in his pocket. He knew that that would be filmed. So he yes. wasn't completely extemporaneously like putting together these wonderful sentences, but he's a brilliant comic mind, obviously. Right. No, like um, he is really amazing from a blank page, but I do. Yeah. I do remember him saying that like he had prepared a couple, but like I would have not put together your ass as a swamp. No. I mean, like, no. it's fucking brilliant. And that whole thing kind of culminates with Andrew also telling her that, with Andrew also telling her that he or his boss <laughs> or his company donated to both sides, to both parties. So mm-hmm. on top of the all the Meyer the Liar stuff, on top of now her work on the shutdown not, being noticed because the government's just going to get shut down because POTUS wants to distract. On top of that, they're going to have a field day with the fact that her ex-husband wouldn't, would, is supporting the other guy. Yeah. And, they, and she knows they're going to have a field day. So they're trying to suppress their hostility. And then yes. the cake arrives. And then Gary comes in with the cake. And then Catherine's like, I'm not going to blow out the cake. And Selena blows out the cake and says, let's get the fuck out of here. Like, let's they all the- just leave it off. I'll just leave in a huff. She's forced Andrew again. This is another great Pasquazi moment where she's like, smile. I'm fucking smiling. You're going to smile too. And Pasquazi has that great, she's like, nope, bigger, bigger. A, yeah. And he's got like that great plastered on smile. Yeah. Did you and Jules ever talk about how little you were going to concern yourselves with Catherine? Because you kind of, she is an afterthought in your relationship, it seems like. Right, or an instrument. Mm -hmm. Right, she's never really a human to either of us. Yes. Right. Um, And which, uh, and also, which is difficult because Sarah is so delightful. Yes, (laughs) Um, yes. But yeah, I think we, we both, maybe we both tried to, I don't, I can't speak for her, but for sure it was, uh, her affections would, I'd only be interested in trying. It was all just trying to win every (laughs) single interaction with her or with anyone was just trying to win, to come out on top, whatever it was, fucking hello, you know, just like, I'm going to win this. There's, a, I remember there was a, uh, in, in that episode, in the Janet Ryland episode that's coming up, I think at one point I like try to, I hug Sarah a little bit too long. And I just remember it's the smallest thing, but I just remember you poking my back <laughs> just over and over and over again. You like, it was such a move of like, I'm not going to like interrupt this scene to like do the fatherly get out of there. I'm not going to like do that, but you were just going to let it known, let it be known. I want you to stop that. And you just kept poking my back, like stop, 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 stop. I always loved that move. That was a lot of fun working on that show. I have a question. Were there any things that Arm informed you about Andrew before you started, you know, before you were in the cast? Like, did he tell you, how unfaithful you were? Did he tell you how he no. wanted? No, I don't think there was a lot of history. Just uh, um, kind of discovered that as it went. There was talk there because you guys all knew. I didn't. But you all knew that there was a uh, um, there was infidelity 
and with whom I didn't know that yet when I showed up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and so they told me that stuff, only things that you already knew that the, that the audience would have already known by this point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you didn't watch the show before you got a job on it. Is what I'm Me? Yeah. No, I told you I tried to get a job on it and then I didn't get the job. So fuck it. I'm not watching that fucking show. Are you a competitive fuck guy? Fuck that um, shit. Are you a competitive guy? Mike, that they gave Mike to Walsh? What the fuck? That fucking uh, hack bitch. You know, it, is, it is one of those shows. This was one of those times, and I, it's happened to me before, where I, I try to get a job and I don't get it, and I'm like, oh, fuck, that's a much better choice. It's rare that I'm mature enough to recognize <laughs> that. But... And actually, it's rare that I honestly agree with it. But yeah. like, uh, it was, you know, there's a couple shows that were fantastic shows without me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, this was one of them. You know, it was, uh, uh, can't, I can't imagine it being anybody else but who you all are. Did you know how much you'd be coming back at the no, beginning? No idea. No. It was just a, no, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> any given moment i didn't know it that's one part of it that was a little maddening it was like mm -hmm. so um at, at least from my viewpoint it was I, I never knew anything am i coming back how many times <laughs> then they check your availability for we've got them in six I'm like okay great uh, actually it's just going to be one and it's tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, okay. And then, and then, and then I go for one, and then I stay for three and stuff like that. It was yes, it, it ran like that, but um, it was always fun to do. We had similar experiences. Information didn't flow cleanly. No, uh, but you guys knew you were all in every one, more or less. Yeah, it's yeah, that's true. We knew we knew that we were pretty much like just owned by the production from a certain point to a certain point, right? Um, right. But I feel like as far as the day to day went we were sort of like, we were kind of as in the dark as you were. Yeah. And then there was, it was a wild production too. Cause some days you'd shoot four pages and one day you shoot 26. Mm -hmm. Um, that was really something. I, I enjoyed that about it too. You know, there's still stuff that I think I could have done better. Oh yeah, for sure. No, I'm, I mean, I'm saying that amazing. not for you, but for me. I, yeah, how many times? I mean, but like, it just doesn't go away. It's like, oh fuck, I should have done this. How many years ago was that? I should have yeah. done that. Like, really? Yeah. Really? That's mm -hmm. interesting. So you occasionally will have a pang about a scene that you remember from Veep that you felt like, oh, I could have done it a little better. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Like a free floating. There's one nice. in particular is a really good joke. I think I think it's a good joke, but w it was that episode where we're doing in the kitchen, where mm -hmm. at the during where Allison Janney's there, mm -hmm. and I was chopping carrots, and it, they were having a hard time because it was loud, and it was because I'm chopping fucking carrots. <laughs> if you want me to chop circus peanuts, it'll be a lot quieter anyway. <laughs> um, and and what I should have said was. Hey, are these carrots killing you for sound? <laughs> I think of that every single time I chop carrots. 
Andrew knows enough to, I can, yes. to be hip to production a little bit. Hey, he's going for sound. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's it. That's a good check-in with Dave Pasquazi. Oh, uh, Dave, okay. we always to like to ask. Oh, absolutely. We always like to ask our guests, is there something you're doing that you'd like to talk about or promote or coming up? Um, yeah, you can buy a book if you like improvisation. I do. <clears throat> Let's see it. Can you see, is that backwards? Improvisation no. at the Speed of Life. Nice. Co- co-authored? T.J. Jagodowski and Pam Victor. And then my wife did the editing, Joan Marie Pasquese. Okay. Nice. Who did, the, uh, who, did the, who did the cover? Who designed the cover? Joan Marie painted it. That one. Oh, oh, that's cool. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're pro- you're going to get the uh, second in command bump. You might sell one book. That maybe would be an increase, two. A, an immeasurable <laughs> increase percentage wise. <laughs> percentage wise, infinitely. Oh yeah, it was so much fun working on that show. You guys, and then all the other people that came in, the directors, and there's no end to there's no end to the sociopathic bits. I remember doing bits about what other shit Andrew was up to. <laughs> there was off-camera bits that never made the show, but I just remember riffing with you about All whatever dead bodies and corruption and probably, I'm sure Andrew's doing Bitcoin right now or the next, ver- <laughs> the next, the next yeah, version. Bitcoin, Bitcoin's too, it's, it's passe. <laughs> like an yeah. NFTs, NFTs on human organs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's organ looking donors. for a way to combine the NFT and human organ black market. Like he's trying to find a way to like <laughs> go together like that Burlington Coat Factory, the Burlington Mills, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's All great right. to see you, man. All right, nice to see you too. The reason, like, I think this was back when we all still thought you can't sing happy birthday in a television show. Because somebody has the rights to it, which is mm-hmm. why Gary only says ha. He only says like that first note. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if he finished the word happy, it would be clear he's going to sing happy birthday and we'd have to pay for it. I don't know if that's true anymore, though. Well, just again, hitting one of my favorite comedic games, the abuse of Catherine on the show. Like the fact that Selena blows out her candles for her. Yes. The fact that she's like flirting with her husband or, you know, her dad in front of her. Yes. Just so good. And so we cut to the limousine and we see uh, Selena and Catherine uh, and Andrew sitting very quietly, not talking. And then Andrew says, you know what? I'm going to get out and walk. And then (laughs) Selena, the mess that she is, has to follow him out because she knows it's on. Like, this is their way of flirting. Right? She knows yes. him leaving is like, come on, let's go fuck. He's like, so. let's go, let's get it done. And you can yeah. hear them starting to kiss as the car yeah. pulls away. And, and then, of out. course, you have no idea that Mike has been there yes. the whole time. Yes. And he asks for a bite of the cake. And it's carrot cake, which he really likes. Yeah. And you're going to... I was playing that super drunk and almost like creepy, like how much he wanted the cake was creepy. <laughs> he was just obsessed with like, Can I have, you're not going to eat that cake, are you? <laughs> you're not going to eat that cake, are you? Yeah, it was almost <laughs> like perverted. His want for that cake was perverted. So anyways, yeah, that was a funny surprise. 
And I do love they never cut to you. Like she hands off the cake. I mean, like you see your hands for a second, but they never cut to you. And you're then you have that thing about cutting it with your phone. Like they just hang in that moment of the unseen Mike eating this cake for so long. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a great episode. It's uh, a good episode. Any walk? Any? I have a walk back, Tim. I think you were what right. You I hate to say it. House of Cards premiered after Veep. Arvin mm-hmm. pulled it up. So I'm walking back my confidence. I just thought that that show existed by the time we came to Baltimore. But Veep premiered uh, April 22nd, 2012. Mm-hmm. House of Cards, February 1st. 2013. Right. And so that means that we were probably filming, uh, I don't know what day of the week that was that it was premiered, but we were filming that just a couple days later. Yeah. So Um, uh, I walked that back. uh, We love hearing your questions. Uh, Please submit your questions to castmedia.com slash second in command. Yeah. Uh, Rate, review, follow us on all platforms, please. Leave five stars. Leave five stars. Rank us five stars out of five. Uh, yes, that is true. We should, we should clarify five stars out of five. If there's a 10 star system, then do two ten. uh, tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Listen to us wherever you get your podcast and watch all our episodes on Spotify as well as YouTube to get in on the action. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you. Thank you. Peace. Thanks for watching second in command of Veep Rewatch. Yeah. Please hit the subscribe button and tune in every Tuesday when the new ones drop. Rewatch the show for exclusive behind-the-scenes stuff, info, insight, and more. Episodes coming, and thanks for watching. Yeah, hit that uh, subscribe button. This is the mouse arrow, right? That's what you're representing. It's a kind cursor. Of a, put it. Do a little circle with your finger, and it'll it'll like be bigger, so you can see where it is. Oh, okay. <laughs>